Hi everyone, this is Val Sopi. And this is Bootstrapping SaaS. In this podcast, I share my journey to 10K in recurring revenue with Claritask.com. Hi everyone, um, today is episode number 8. I was going to say 10 for some reason. I'm anticipating that I will reach to 10 in about two episodes and that will be a milestone and I will be very proud of myself for getting there and not quitting this. Um, I'm having a lot of fun actually doing this. I'm getting um, a lot of good comments after episodes, which is motivating me to do this more and also is motivating me to continue with Clay Tasks the way I am. So it's getting better and better. If you're thinking about doing a podcast, I would say just start. Do episode one, episode two, get that first listener and then the second one and then the third and the fourth. And then, you know, keep that momentum going. It's like SaaS. SaaS is a boring game. Uh, it's all about a momentum, but it's a grind. It's a, it's a really long game. It's a marathon, a boring marathon. Um, so, yeah, things add up. That's a good thing about it. In SaaS, they just build up and add up. And, you know, you're building an iceberg. You're collecting a lot of stuff, getting a lot of traction, as minimal as it may seem. Just, you know, keep at it. I've been doing this for so long, and that's one of the ways I motivate myself, even in the boring days. All right, so today's episode is jam-packed. Today's episode is jam-packed with a ton of stuff. Um, I will talk about the boring bits. I'll get to that. I will talk about um, what I did last week and how things are getting a bit serious. And how I am toying with the investment idea. Yeah, I know this show's name is Bootstrapping SaaS. And here I am talking about an investment from a VC. <laughs> no, I don't know. This, this is going to be a tricky thing to say. All right, I'll get to that point. And then I'm going to talk about the ideal scenario for me. And um, I will answer listener questions. These I love always. And I'm doing this every day before I, I start recording. I am putting out a tweet where I say, um, ask me anything you want me to cover about Claritask or in general about product marketing, sales, growth, anything. And then I get like a question here and there. Um, Telon, my friend from Twitter, um, actually asked me a couple of questions in the last episode. Today I have questions from Andre. He's another Twitter friend I have. So yeah, let me get started. Uh, so the first thing I want to talk about is love the boring bits and this has to do with me watching a lot of tennis and in tennis a lot of people that do win trophies are the ones that build momentum slowly boringly if that's a that's that's a word um there are a lot of talented young kids they are kids they're 19 and 20 but they don't want to do the grind they want to play the big matches. They want to play the trophy match matches. They don't want to play the first round matches or you know travel or do the hotels and all the grind and flights and everything. And that's part of the game. If you're not willing to do those, you know you're not going to be on the championship final game. So SAS is the same. You know SAS has a lot of boring parts. Um, Everything is very slow until it's not. But, you know, it's a grind. It's a slow grind. It's a marathon. 
and you got to keep showing up every day even the days when you don't feel like working you can do one little boring task and then take off for the rest of the day or if you're really tired and feel burned out or if you feel that you know the, the burning out is coming and then you should just you know quit it for like a week and then come back to it but it's a slow grind you know and I see this in tennis and watching today uh, a French Open final uh, it just reminded me how the the champions that win it uh, like Rafael Nadal Roger Federer these guys show up every day they do the grind you know they they get on the plane they do the practicing and they do the weightlifting and they do the eating properly part you know so you know they're willing to do those things and the ones that have maybe even more talent than those guys they don't want to do that i'm not all about you know working hard and never stopping and all that but you got to do a little bit you got to do the boring parts and this is about sas and if you're coming from a service business where you know you're getting paid as soon as the project is done and you know the faster you work the faster you deliver the faster you get paid coming to sas from that it's a little bit tricky because sas is not like that you know, SaaS is very slow. And I, I, I came from a service business, and, you know, the faster we would work, the faster the deliveries, the faster the payments. And when you come to SaaS, it's, it's not like that. You know, SaaS is like a job. Like, you, you really, you know, have to show up and then wait for that paycheck. And, you know, the beautiful part is that the subscribers that you get, most of them stick around. So you have a predictive revenue coming up which is great um something you don't have on service service business but it is a boring long game you know there are sudden movements when you get like a couple of clients in a week a lucky week a great week but then it's a grind again you know if you read a lot about how others did it um it's just you know it builds up builds up momentum but you got to keep at it so yeah, that was the analogy sort of I drew from watching tennis, the boring bits. Um, I quickly want to say that I host this podcast on Transistor FM. Um, so Transistor is um, run by my friend Justin Jackson and his co-founder John Buddha. And a lot of people that ask me how, you know, how do you podcast? A lot of people think that you record on your computer and then you upload it in Apple Podcasts or uh, SoundCloud or Overcast, and it doesn't work like that. Uh, you actually have to have a host of your own. And then once you record your uh, podcast, you upload it to that host, in this case, Transistor. And then um, they have a, an RSS feed for your show, which you publish to all these other outlets like Overcast and uh, Breaker and um, Apple Podcast, and uh, that's how this works. So my host, my um, podcast host is Transistor FM. That's where I host my shows, my episodes. I have only one show, and then I push RSS feeds to all these other players. So yeah, if you want a um, podcast, uh, let me know. If you have any questions, then I'll show you how I did it. Uh, so what I did last week. Um, I continued working on my day grid calendar, which is sort of a vertical calendar for uh, useful for publishers, content marketers. I have a couple of clients that are using uh, Claritas to manage their 
their content, how, what they will publish, and you know what their team is working on, etc. So this is mostly for them. And also, a content marketing industry is very intriguing to me, and I sort of want to target more that uh, industry and then do tools that they will find useful. Um, and then I supported a client who uh, invited about 30 people that work in their company. So this is very exciting. And this new client was recommended by an existing Claritas client. Um, and the cool thing is that they work together, actually. Um, they have separate projects, but also they have projects that they share together. So what um, will most likely happen is that they will invite one another in those projects that they work together on. So this sort of um, is a good feeling because this is one of the use cases that I predicted would happen, where a Claritas customer uses Claritask and they're working with a client and their client finds out about Claritask, adopts Claritask within their company. However, they share projects in Claritask with the first client that um, recommended them to Claritask. So this is sort of the thing that I was anticipating and this is uh, happening, I guess, with uh, this new, new client that was um, recommended by my existing client. And which brings me to another thing that, you know, things are getting a little bit serious. Uh, like Wednesday, I had a record day of 70 uh, daily active users on Claritask. And I know in B2B SaaS, uh, daily active users are not a big thing. Uh, they're mostly for consumer products like Instagram, Facebook, etc. However, since Claritask has uh, chat and tasks and files, um, uh, commenting, so daily active users is actually a very good metric to know how useful Claritask is to my customers. Um, because I really don't like for someone to pay and then not use Claritask, that really doesn't fulfill me. If I see that you know, I'm getting a ton of active users daily, then that's just fulfilling its purpose. Um, so yes, Wednesday was a big day and uh, servers spiked a bit uh, during that day. It wasn't something serious where it crashed, uh, but yeah, it definitely spiked. I was monitoring closely. I know a couple areas that could be optimized a bit more. Um, I know where they are. They're just not there to the point where they're gonna crash. However, I have to get to them before I get, you know, if I get, 100 daily users then yeah it'll definitely crash so i have to optimize those areas as well um but yeah it feels a little bit more serious like i have to be a little bit more on top of my game i can't have any bugs or any areas where things are uh lacking behind so i'm constantly checking the logs and seeing if there's any errors or what you know comparing to how um my sort of um uh, load overall in DigitalOcean is in my server and then comparing it to the logs, to the activity logs in in um, in uh, Claritask. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on top of it and this really makes me feel great for having this many users using it daily. And usually it's about 45, 50 users per day, but Wednesday was the biggest day. And if uh, this new client really converts, which I feel they will, um, then it will get to that point. It will get to like 60, 70 per day, which is great. Um, so yeah, this new client, uh, they recommended this client actually send me a photo of them using Claritask up in their monitor, 
um, while they're having a meeting and organizing their tasks. So that was just amazing. I didn't even ask for the photo. Um, so yeah, they sent me the photo and I asked right away, what, what is that? That's what I said. They sent it to me on Messenger, on Facebook Messenger, and they said, what is going on there? So they told me, they said, oh, well, you know, we're with our client. They're using ClarityTask, recommended to them. And here it is up on their monitor. On their, They have this big TV up on the wall. And it was ClarityTask up there. And I tweeted about it. You can check my Twitter feed and see, you know, that's one of the photos. Um, another thing that sort of came across my mind was that I was toying with the investment idea. And uh, yeah, I know this show's name is uh, Bootstrapping SaaS and how I'm bootstrapping my way to $10,000 per month. However, I was just toying with the idea of what it would be like. Um, you know, on one side, having a, a big chunk of cash, let's say 100K in the bank today, it would be very helpful in getting the mobile apps out and this is maybe where my idea came about uh, for even considering a, uh, an investment is that the mobile apps would be done, Android, iOS. Um, I would rewrite bits and pieces of ClayTask. I would staff up with maybe another three to four people and 10K or 8K per month would be quite enough to... Um, to pay this new staff and also have some money to play around with uh, direct advertising, sponsoring, and just trying different things and then getting the numbers up. However, uh, one thing that scares me is that I would have to really push for growth uh, quite fast and I would have to go bigger. Uh, let's say right now, my goal is to get to $10,000 per month. And even if I get to 1,000 or 2,000, it would be an incredible spot for me. And it doesn't really require that many clients. Um, so for having 2,000 uh, $2, per month, if I do a quick calculation divided by, let's say, 35 on average per client, I would need about 57 clients, uh, which is quite good. And it's, it, it feels achievable, even if I'm solo. However, if I'm getting an, uh, an investment, I really would have to work for that money and get the investors their, you know, their money back. Um, or, you know, then I would have to fight for another round. And we're talking about not 50 clients, but we're talking about 2,000, 3,000 clients, you know. You would need to get to 1 million per year, um, 80,000 per month. And that's just, that would be incredible, incredible, incredible amount of energy that would need to be spent. However, one good thing would be that, you know, we would have the money in the bank to, to work with. And then on the other hand, you know, clients would probably grow up faster, we'd get more growth. And um, yeah, it would help. It would help really. Um, so uh, yeah, um, that's, that's one of the things, you know, that I want to, um, I don't know, stay away from, I guess. Um, yeah, so uh, one, there's actually two sources that the money could come from. Uh, one is a sort of a, um, a, a European fund uh, slash VC in a way. And the other one is an angel in New York. Um, so yeah, it would be, it would be interesting. Uh, one of my friends said that, you know, it would be a, a whole different level. 
uh, things would get more serious, which is good. It would help me grow faster. Uh, but on the other side, I really don't know if I want to give up my freedom uh, of working on the features that I want and then direction that I want without worrying too much about growth, even though I need the growth. But that's, you know, that's sort of a goal of 20 to 30 clients that would get me to a spot where I will feel very comfortable. So, yeah, this is just an idea, um, just a discussion that I had with these two sources. Not sure anything will pan out or if I'd really pursue it, but I will keep you posted. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens with that. The ideal scenario for me would be, you know, <clears throat> even if I don't get to 10000 5000 per month with myself and maybe another full-stack developer would be plenty to really consider ClarityTask a success. So, um, yeah, let's see. You know, I'm, I'm more for me and another full-stack developer and maybe a support person doing five, six, seven, or even 10 per month than having a, a company, a product that does 1 million per year. But here I have investors and, and uh, stakeholders and employees and everybody else to report to. And that would feel like a total... It will feel like a job, and I don't know if I'm ready for that. Um, so uh, before I, I answer my uh, uh, listener questions, I want to say that I might be back to the affiliate program. I had a designer, um, <coughs> excuse me, I had a designer sign up uh, from San Francisco, I believe, and they have a newsletter, and they're very eager to uh, try a... Um, uh, sending out a newsletter uh, specifically talking about ClarityTask, and then we will probably give a coupon uh, with a discount uh, to people from that newsletter. Um, I'm excited about this. It's the first one that it's a first uh, affiliate uh, marketer, and they're actually they're not an affiliate marketer at all. They're a designer with a newsletter, and they have uh, they have an audience, and it's the first one that is very serious about going. Uh, for this. So let's see what happens. Maybe this week they will send out the newsletter. I'll report again on the next episode. All right, so I'm going to take some listener questions right now. And I have a couple actually. Um, the first one is from my friend Andre Kravitz. Uh, he's my Twitter friend, which we talk once in a while. He's a product guy as well. And he has a couple of uh, great questions, and I will try to answer them all. And then I have another question from another friend of mine, Tony Denke, uh, which I will answer right after um, Andre. So uh, the first question Andre asks is, how do you iterate over idea validation implementation for new features? Um, so yeah, I was just talking to a friend of mine the other day. And the way I do this, I once I release a feature, I do a really small version of it. Um, I announce it to my existing users what's coming up um, and then how it would look. And then based on their feedback, I go ahead and uh, do a small version of it with the promise that more will come up. Because uh, often people say one thing and then do the other. And it's not that they're bad people. We're not bad people. None of us are. But once we start using something, you know, 
not often do we align with what we thought we would do. So this way I ask clients of, you know, what the idea I'm thinking about, which maybe comes from me or maybe it was a nugget of information I got from them. And then if they have a positive sort of response to it, I work on a, on a smallish version of it, put it up, and then just measure the metrics. Just take a look at the metrics, see what's, what's happening, if they're really using it, and then talk to them. Uh, directly talk to them what they think about it and you know i share with them the way i think i will develop this idea and if there's a nugget of sort of spark that this is a good thing then i will continue um with those things so that's that's my process currently um it's not really a scientific process but that's usually how it goes um talking to getting an idea from you know either a client or or thinking it myself um sharing it with them, and then working a small version, launching it, seeing if it's really being used, uh, talking to them again, and then if it's good, then just implement it fully. And then if an idea is good, it just really pulls you, and then you sort of keep adding stuff to it, polishing it, iterating, making it better. So yeah. Uh, the other question from Andre is, uh, why did you decide to work on such a crowded market where clients have close to zero brand loyalty? Um, I love project management. I was a project manager myself. I ran my company. I project managed uh, for other people. I really like the um, the sort of feeling of getting something from from zero to a delivered project. And I sort of want to be uh, that software that helps these people like myself to get there faster and easier and better. And just, you know, have the process be more enjoyable. And not just for them, but for their team members as well, you know. Uh, so ClearTask helps their team members um, ask questions easier, leave comments, share files, see who's been working on what. Just have a little bit more clarity without having to call a meeting on everything. Uh, I'm not really against meetings, but, you know, if you can save a meeting here and there, and then, you know, everybody knowing what others are working on, then, you know, that's a big plus. And, uh, yeah, that's true. It's quite a, quite a crowded market in project management, but that also tells me that there's a huge need uh, for someone solving it correctly. And this actually came from a client of mine. Uh, actually, it's not a client, but somebody I was talking to, a potential client, they never really converted. And one thing they said is um, that, you know, they said, that's why there's so many of you out there because none of you have solved it yet the way it should be. So the market is huge. Uh, project management is not something that, you know, people um, ask questions about that much of what it is. It's more about, you know, if they like how you solved the entire flow. And also I'm actually working a lot, all, uh, honestly, on, on having a brand and standing for something and then attracting uh, those potential clients who have sort of the same beliefs, you know, because it's easier serving someone who, um, you know, they feel aligned to what you stand for. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely crowded. The brand loyalty is probably zero because people switch around so much. However, I'm getting, you know, the current customers I've had, and fingers crossed, I haven't really lost a client yet. So this is great. Um, I have no churn yet. <laughs> so yeah, it's been month 
I think it's month five. February, I started February, March, April, May. So I've just entered month five, no churn yet. So I don't want to jinx it. I, I know it all happens soon. But um, yeah, um, and you know, the clients that are coming to Claritask, they're not just coming for the features. They're coming a little bit for about the product, about the brand. You know, it's something new. Maybe, you know, the touch points there, they're coming across Claritask, maybe my podcast, my writings, etc. So I'm really trying to be as close as I can to, to them. So, yeah. Um, number three uh, from Andre is, how do you motivate yourself to keep pushing when everything uh, is against you? Um, yeah, these days are hard. Uh, last week and the week before, I had really tough weeks. Um, super depressed, super frustrated more, I would say, rather than depressed. Um, one way I go about this is that I, again, like I said in the beginning of this episode, is that I try to do a small, boring task that really needed to get done like a long time ago and just check it off just so I feel a little bit accomplished. But when it gets really bad, I really just take off and not work at all. Just do something completely different. Um, the other day, I came home early and I put tennis on. I watch a lot of tennis, so just put it on TV and I watched it. I did nothing else. Uh, so these are sort of the things I do, uh, you know, to motivate myself. And another thing that I do is that I try to be, you know, looking at the positive touch points that current clients are finding value in Claritask. And I've even gone back to reading emails that they've sent and testimonials just to know that I'm on the right path. So yeah, that's that helps me a lot. And then after these questions, Andre also asked that, how do you plan to ha- to have 100% site uptime by being the only person who supports and works on it. Um, one of the benefits of running this thing solo is that I know where everything is pretty much. Uh, Claritask um, has a lot of features, but it's really not that big of um, uh, a build. Um, I know a couple areas that have issues that I uh, closely monitor that I have to optimize, but I will not yet. Uh, so I really know where everything is. and. Uh, I try to anticipate um, where things could leak. And um, I've done a lot of optimizations on the server side, um, the app as well. And the website actually is uh, completely static. So there's no database uh, besides the blog, which I also plan to have static at some point. But yeah, um, the benefit is uh, working solo is that I know where everything is. If something breaks, I really know I have an idea where you know it could it could have broken, so I try to manage um, this and anticipate what's coming up, uh, so I don't have any any downtime at all. And also secretly, I honestly I feel really good when things crash, because then I know that I will upgrade that you know Claritask is being used has value in it, and the best thing that happens is that uh, a couple of I think two weeks ago. Uh, task had crashed. I hadn't gotten in front of my desk yet, and a customer called me right away. And they weren't mad or anything. They just said, "Hey, heads up, task is down. I know you're working on it. Just to let you know." And they called probably like um, a minute after it it happened. So yeah, um, this you know these are great, great questions. Thank you, Andre. Thank you so much for your questions. 
So my next question is from Tony. Uh, Tony says, how much of your code have you written tests for? Uh, did you do TDD or add them after? All right, so um, I've written tests for most of my code, actually, uh, especially on the biggest areas, uh, biggest uh, features. Uh, so uh, that's covered. However, um, I didn't do any TDDs. Yeah, um, I feel bad about saying that. <laughs> uh, I didn't do them. Um, I didn't add them after or anything like that. Um, I, at, when I first started ClarityTask, uh, the goal was to get the product out as fast as possible. However, I made sure that I write tests on the major stuff, um, just so I don't have any major failures or, um, uh, things don't, you know, don't, uh, crash, don't fail down the line. So I just wanted to anticipate a couple of things. Um, however, some of the things that, you know, um, I should have done, I haven't done, just because I wanted to test if everything is working correctly as far as selling the product, making it useful for clients, and I didn't want to get stuck in doing uh, development stuff, you know, writing proper code, and, um, you know, as long, my, my sort of uh, goal was to write code that will not fail, um, that is well tested, However, I wasn't going to sit down and really polish it. Um, I left that for a later date. If everything goes well, um, then I will optimize it, which happened two weeks ago. I had um, one of the areas where I knew that it was going to fail at some point. Um, it finally came to that, and I optimized it the other week. And if I had done this prior to launching, it would have really pushed the dates, uh, launching dates, and... It would get me just frustrated not being able to get to to market quickly. Uh, so yeah, it sort of um, it was a balancing act of um, trying to release good code, uh, but not to the point where it's insanely great and polished and and refined, and also have the other side of you know having a product that works that someone can get on it and then use it right away. Um, yeah, so. Hopefully that made sense, <laughs> how I worked on ClarityTask. But yeah, thank you so much, Tony. Uh, thank you, Andre, for your questions. Um, it makes me feel good that um, I have listeners who really are following along and are asking questions that are really on par with uh, what I am going through. And uh, yeah, if anyone wants to ask questions, just tweet me at Valsopi and I will answer them on the next episode. Um, so those are listener questions and, uh, the things that I will be working next week are all actually, uh, all, uh, sales related. Uh, so I will publish my Captera uh, presence and I think I'm doing something with them where they send my clients, uh, a link so they can leave a testimonial, a LinkedIn verified testimonial. So that's, that will add some stars to the profile. And then I have to do my technology advice page where I, um, I will be paying for leads, uh, and which I have to close, actually. So, um, yeah. And then, you know, I will continue my calendar. I don't know how fast I can go on that because I'm doing support and all this other sales-related stuff. But, yeah, that's the week that's coming up. Uh, I want to talk about uh, podcast stats as the last thing. So, right now, as I'm recording this, um, this podcast, I've had 965 all-time downloads, so almost 1,000 for seven episodes, which uh, I think 
is about 137 listens per episode, which is incredible. I have 35 subscribers. Uh, one thing I don't know, and I'm not sure if there's an, an, an analytic, a podcast analytic for this, but I don't know when someone listens to an episode, how long on average they listen to it. So this is one thing that I would like to know, and I really don't know if there are any tools on it. I searched a bit. I couldn't find anything, but I didn't do a really huge research, maybe like a, a Google search here and there, and that was it. So if you know any good analytics tools that tells you that, please let me know. All right, so thanks for listening, and I will talk to you next week.